Welcome to the Asset Management Mastery Podcast. Your hosts, Gary Lipsky and Kyle Mitchell, have more than 50 years of combined experience in operations and management, and more than 25 years of real estate investing experience. This show focuses on educating syndicators and apartment owners on how to build systems and manage their properties more efficiently to become a best-in-class operator. 100% straight talk. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our Asset Management Friday segment of the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Kyle Mitchell, also joined by Gary Lipsky. Also, be sure to check out our Facebook group, Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate. How many times have you thought there has to be a better way while working through endless rent rolls and historicals? Enter Red IQ, who will process and standardize them, generate deep and accurate property insights, and bring you through the final underwriting all in just five minutes. As for underwriting, thanks to Red IQ's new Excel add-in called QuickSync, you can continue using your own model and instantaneously populate it with the data from Red IQ with just the click of a button. Request a demo today at RedIQ.com. All right, today on the show, we have Amy Tiemann. How are you doing, Amy? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for coming on. If you can start by telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you currently do. I am a real estate syndicator and I own and manage apartment complexes. I'm in Texas. And so the areas I'm currently focusing on are Austin area, Bryan College Station area, and Dallas. So that's what I do. I've been doing that for a very long time. <laughs> very long time. Thank you for joining us. Let's talk about vertical integration. What are some of the pros and cons of being vertically integrated? Well, the pros are that when you're looking at from asset management to property management, there's so many things that overlap there. Being the property manager on a property and also being the asset manager allows you to get really in-depth and you really understand the operations of what, everything that's going on in that property. I typically act as the asset manager and my property management company manages it. So I have staff on there. So it's basically kind of the same role. I'm managing the property managers and I'm also the asset manager. So that in itself is a pro because you, you know exactly what's, what's going on. The con is, is that you're actively property managing. So if you're in a big acquisition mode, it becomes very, it hinders you because you have so much stuff going on that you're having to do on your current properties that you can't go out there and be actively looking and doing other kind of stuff. So it just depends on how big your property management company is, how well you trust them, how many, obviously get takeover, you're so busy and doing a lot of stuff. And it depends on when you can get that property stabilized. So you can't do much until then. So it just really kind of depends on what your model is and how fast you want to grow. I know you've got a graduate degree in organizational leadership from Purdue. I'm curious to see how you build your team. I build my teams. I look for, so I am very much a person about culture. And so I have a very distinct set of values. We hire off of that people that you can tell that culture fit is a big thing. And so you'll have very, very experienced people that I won't hire because I know that they're just not going to fit in the culture of my organization and the stuff that we stand for. And so I look for that first. 
I look for experience and knowledge and being able to work with people from diverse backgrounds. I like to hire people who think differently than me because you're going to get the best thought collectively if it's somebody who thinks differently than you. And I know I'm, I'm self-aware enough to know what I'm good at, what I'm not good at. And I hire people who are great at what I'm not, I'm not good at. So. Do you, do you test your potential staff? I know uh, Tim Brath said he does a disc and uh, you know, other people have mentioned different, different things. Yeah. So everybody does. I don't, I don't test for it. So I was in HR for a very long time. So I know I can probably personality type people just in a conversation with them, but I don't hire, I'm not the one that hires everybody. Right. So I have my, my field staff. So we try to tend to look for, we have behavioral interviewing questions we use that are targeted towards our values and culture and that kind of stuff. So that tends to kind of, that is the system that ends up hiring somebody. So, yeah. So, yeah. I don't touch anything. <laughs> Offline, you were talking about how your, your team collaborates cross-functionally. And I thought it was really interesting. Maybe you can uh, elaborate about that. Sure. So, I don't have the typical roles. As far as my property management company, I don't have the typical roles that everybody has. My leasing agent is not a leasing agent. So, I have a tenant retention person. And I have the apartment. So there's like front end and back end, kind of how I, I structure it. Now they might be called leasing people and you have to call them that because, you know, if they want to put it on the resume, like what does it equate to? But my leasing person really takes, takes the apartment from the day somebody moves out. They do the move out reconciliation all the way till they lease it. They manage the make ready crews. They manage everything. They manage the whole thing to get that apartment leased. So they're very much aware of which apartments need what. They're very much aware that we have, if we have vacancies, we make sure we have one of each unit mix and they just manage it. And so they're not waiting for information. They're not talking to, they're managing everything from the beginning to the end till the sucker gets leased. So they have a wider scope than just leasing. And so then after that, I had my other person who basically, okay, once they're once the lease is signed, I've got you. And so I manage all the processes around making sure all the work orders are done. Are you are you satisfied? How do I get you to stay? You know, all those things and making sure that obviously anything else that they might need care to or whatever that so that's how I've separated it. So it's it's kind of interesting. And it what is what's cool about it is it allows people to grow. And so you're now not just hiring a leasing agent, you're hiring a project manager. I mean, the first part of it, they have to be good at sales, but they also have to be good at managing all sorts of other stuff too. So it's, it allows a little more broader scope and people really like it. I mean, I've had really good responses from people that fill those roles, but you're looking for different people too, different skill sets than normal. Is it easier to hire for that role or versus your typical leasing agent who's just just filling it up and, and, the, and the manager is kind of managing the renovations and stuff like that. Yeah, it just depends on the geographic area you're in. I find that you could do both if you really wanted to, but I, I would much rather have somebody with a higher skill set of project management that I could teach leasing to because they're going to get it. Like you just go get them a, go give them, take them to a class, go to Grant Hill. I mean, just go get a leasing certification, right? And then you can teach them the stuff all around, the technical stuff around leasing. But I would much rather prefer somebody who has that higher level of skill set because I can use them for other things, right? And I can, and then I can integrate them and eventually maybe they switch to become the apartment manager. Maybe they start doing the back end stuff and then they eventually grow into being a regional because they kind of understand the whole process 
versus just a leasing person. And do you have to pay that person more? Yeah, you do. You have to pay them. But I'm always that person. So I understand because, you know, my degree, I always understand that you need to pay people well. That needs to be not a detractor from what they're trying to do. Past that, they're not going to stay because, I mean, unless the pay is just absolutely horrible, they'll leave. But past that, you got to give them a purpose. And so that's why I that's why I arrange the work the way I do. So if they if they get purpose and they can develop mastery of what they do, they're going to stay. They're going to be inherently understanding that this is this is really cool. I change stuff every day. I get to do really cool stuff. I get to change a community. And so once you kind of understand those two aspects of it, there's a lots of I could get into all sorts of leadership theory. But there's there is stuff about Hersberg and you know Maslow's hierarchy needs and then all that stuff relates into how you can get people motivated to stay. So I I do I pay the industry I pay a little bit better and I give them benefits. Nice. So you've been in construction. I know you you, you got the property management company. Yep. You invest in multifamily. How does that all play into making you a better asset manager? You know some of the some of the skills you've gotten along the way. Mm-hmm. How does that play into? So asset management, you're really, you're really relying on data and looking at certain things that you need to, to make sure that that property is performing or not. And it's not going to be the data that your property management software spits out to you. Some of the stuff it will be. But I've always developed side reporting tools. So I use Tableau and I'll get the data from the property management software and I'll build out the stuff that I need to see based on the stage that that property's in, right? So if you just take over and it's a value play and it's a piece of junk and you're doing a ton of construction on it and your occupancy is in the toilet and all this, you're going to have different metrics that you're going to look at at that point in time. Then when it's beautiful and 95% stabilized and like all the other stuff, right? So you have to do, and I've never found a property management software that has metrics that tell me the whole story. So I'm always developing stuff outside of it. So understanding the phases that it goes through, understanding construction and how long it takes. And yes, there's going to be hiccups and you have to prepare for some of that kind of stuff. And you have to manage through all of that stuff makes me a better asset manager. I've, I've honestly, I've property managed for other owners and you know, you just sometimes go, let me get you here. Let me explain to you. And I only did it because they needed help. And so I was, I, I was like, okay, fine, I'll help you. But you, a good asset manager knows all three, right? They know what the property's manager's life is like on a day-in and day-out basis. They know what the construction stuff is going to cost you. They know how to make sure that the investors are getting all the information that they need. And they know that the financials are truly what they're supposed to be. And they are also being the one that can come in and go, oh, wait, this, we need to catch this before it gets really, really bad. And the stuff to look at to do that kind of stuff. So unless you've been doing it, I hear people that, oh, I just want to asset manage. I don't want to property manage. And I'm like, well, that's great. You need a property manage first. You got to understand because what are you asset managing? What are you trying to under- understand if you don't know what it's like? Yeah, you're talking about you know, our, our language when we talk about tools and yeah. one on not, not just relying on what the property management company gives you. Uh, yeah. Kyle and I are definitely working on, uh, on, on some things there. Let me yeah. pass more to Kyle. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. 
Go to quotenow.biz and we'll start the conversation. All right, Amy, what is your asset management superpower? I think it's the data tools and stuff that we set up to help help manage it and catch stuff early. It's that and then just my knowledge in construction and my knowledge in property management. But but using but the data is what helps you, right? So if you I'm able to tell whether a property is priced right or not. I'm able to see like instantaneously or if the market moves or stuff like that, or we're having trouble renewing. I can see that before the 30 to 60, just by the days of stuff that's going on. I could probably predict my tenant retention just based off my work order aging. So if you're not paying attention to some of that kind of stuff, and if you're not, and, and we typically, and it's the systems that you build into it, right? That, that make a difference, right? If you're not collecting tenant satisfaction on the work orders, then how do you know if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, right? If you're not tracking what that ends up looking like, if there's repeat offenders, I mean, and I get there's ACs that are cantankerous. I get it. But, you know, if you're not, the, the whole thing is about tenant experience. And if you're not tracking the things that lead to a good tenant experience, you're just going to get killed. You're just going to be doing a crap ton of turnover and all that kind of stuff. And all that stuff changes, right? Typically, it was like, does my crap work? And how can I easily pay you, right? And now that everybody's kind of sitting at home and it's COVID and they're like, there's more wear and tear and they want other things to do. And they're looking at you like, oh, yeah, this apartment's kind of boring. So you have to change the tenant experience. So you just got to know to look for that stuff. So it's data. It's it's being driven by data. It helps you. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show, talking to us about vertical integration and then also those data tools, which are really important. Gary and I are really working hard on those as well. And we feel you on that. So yeah. if you can tell the listeners where they can find out more about you. I have a website called investingwithamy.com. Also, my t1properties.com is my property management company. Both ways you can get a hold of me. I'm actively underwriting deals all the time. I've got a couple of offers out already. I'm hoping to get some in College Station. Some in Dallas is kind of where I've, I've been doing. But yeah, they can reach me out there and learn more about me. All right, perfect. Everyone listening in, thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, please head over to iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a rating, subscribe, and review so we can continue to grow this audience. And we'll talk to you next week. All right, y'all. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. You can also go to the Asset Management Mastery Group on Facebook so you can reach Kyle and Gary and ask your questions that you want them to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, to stay updated, go to AssetManagementMastery.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with Gary and Kyle, sign up on the contact page so you can talk to them directly. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in again next week for another episode.